1: Welcome to the show. This is Josh Thompson, pastor at Legacy City Church. It is a privilege and blessing to be hosting today. Uh, Wow. Been in this station a couple times and been able to uh, spend some time with Frank Sontag in the past. Had some great conversations and now to be sitting in the hot seat hosting today, I can't believe it. Um, You're listening today wondering who I am. I know you are. And so I thought I'd uh, give you a little intro and just who I am, kind of where I came from. Grew up here in Southern California, born and raised in Riverside, and a lot of South Orange County, uh, hanging out surfing down south, and uh, now we're in L.A., but I grew up at Harvest Christian Fellowship under Pastor Greg Laurie, and uh, I stepped in there at 17 years old, and uh, yeah, I was on staff around 20 years old. Got to do Harvest Crusades, uh, worked with a lot of the young people, became a pastor there, And then uh, just seven years ago, Pastor Greg helped us plant a church out here in Studio City, Los Angeles, called Legacy City Church. And uh, we spent about eight months looking for a building. I'm telling you, we went from north to south in L.A., trying to find from Venice to downtown L.A., Silver Lake, talked with a couple guys, and they said, hey, you ever heard of Studio City? I'm like, no, I don't even know where it's at. So you got to go over the hill, and right there, Studio City, Sherman Oaks, uh, we found a school called Bridges Academy, and they were the first place out of, seriously, like 80 phone calls that said yes to us. And uh, we have been there ever since. By the grace of God, uh, what a blessing. We're right there off Laurel Canyon and Ventura Boulevard in Studio City, and uh, the Lord has been good to us. Um, My wife, Katie, is out here, obviously, with me as well. And uh, she was the one to kick me out of the nest and say, hey, Abraham left his home not knowing where he was going. Why aren't you stepping out? What are you waiting for? And so we made the step of faith. And we have two beautiful kids, uh, my little Eden. She's three years old. And my little boy, Shepard, he is eight months. And uh, anyways, that's a little bit about me and my story, how I ended up out here in LA and uh, on KKLA through a series of events. I find myself sitting in front of Frank Sontag having some great conversations and now in the studio today. Hey, we're going to talk about a wonderful, exciting topic today that I'm excited to dive into. And we got a special guest who is all over this topic, and that's why I invited him to come in. I'm going to introduce him in a little while. But the topic today that I really want to get after and talk about is faith over fear. Faith over fear. I read an article um, just last week, and this was from July 26. I don't know. Maybe you saw it. Um, This is from the U.K., and this article they put out said five times more children died by suicide than died from COVID in the U.K., and uh, the researchers who did this is University of Bristol, University of York, University of Liverpool, University College London. They all came together and basically came up with this report. From March 2020 to February 2021, the report came out that only 25 children under the age of 18 had died from COVID during that time. But they also came out in the article to say that Five times that number died of suicide during the same time. Why? Because these kids are overwhelmed with depression. Fear. And they see the fear in their parents' eyes. And they're locked down and they can't go anywhere and their school's taken away from them their community's taken away from them and they don't know what to do. For them, do you remember being eight years old, ten years old? One year feels like ten years. One year feels like a long time. And... The article goes on to talk about how suicide and depression is building in the UK and also in America. In America, in the United States, I don't know why this isn't on the headlines and why aren't we seeing this more, but suicide attempts rose by 51% among teenage girls uh, during 2020 as well. And the article goes on to talk about how kids being locked down and having to go to school digitally how things decline. There's a, there's a project called the Baltimore Project, which does this unique thing of examining inner city kids, kids in the city, again, who are going to school during this time, and looking at their statistics, looking at what's happening to them. It says that half of them in the city, their grade point average, half of them dropped under 1.0 1. 1. GPA. That's right, you heard it right, half of them 1.0 below GPA. This is in 2020. Fear is crippling our society. And the reason I bring it up today is because, I don't know if you realize, but right here in LA, Southern California, we feel it ramping up again. It seems like another storm on the horizon. I want to bring up a a talk, a study um, that I did a couple weeks ago, really ministered to me. I'm just going to tell you the story because it's fantastic. It's found in Matthew 8. And this Jesus, our King, our Lord, there he is. He has healed some people. He's had some conversation with some rabbis and a scribe, and he gets into the boat. This is the Sea of Galilee. He gets onto the boat, and the 12 guys or a bunch of his disciples get on the boat with him. And all of a sudden, he says, hey, guys, I'm going to take a little siesta. I'm going to take a little cat nap. I'll be right back. The text actually said he had a pillow. I love this. And there he is. Reclining, sleeping under the ship, and a storm starts to arise. The disciples they start freaking out. They're looking around, they say, the winds are growing big. Peter, are you good? You're a fisherman. You know what's going on, right? Is this normal? They start looking around, they see the waves getting bigger. The text actually says that the waves start to crash into the boat and fill the boat. And I could see them. They start grabbing buckets, you know, and they're like throwing the water out. Then they maybe grab their oars and they're like, Well, we're just gonna paddle this thing out. They get to a point where they start panicking. They are in fear of the storm. And they say, this boat's going to sink. We don't know what to do. They go down below, and they go to Jesus, and there he is sleeping on his pillow. And I could see the disciples whispering to each other, like, you going to wake him? I'm not going to wake You wake him. I'm not going to wake him. Peter's like, okay, I'll wake him. One of the disciples wakes him and comes and says, Lord, we are going to perish. Save us now. Help us. And Jesus wakes up and rubs the sleep out of his eye, yawns a little bit, looks him in the face and says this, Why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? Oh, you of little faith. Then Jesus gets up and he goes outside and he rebukes the wind and he calms the sea and the winds And the disciples stand back as they watch him do this, and they say, What sort of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? I want to lay a foundation today of faith over fear because we see this in our society so much. And I've kind of been shocked at the way Christians and the church has reacted to this and how much we live in fear. And I really want to talk about healthy fear and unhealthy fear today. I want you to notice that the Lord was asleep in the boat. He was at peace in the storm. Amazing. He wasn't worried. I don't know if you realize this, but God doesn't worry. He's not a worrier. He's a warrior, but he's definitely not a worrier. John 16, 33, Jesus says, I have told you all of this so that in me you may have peace. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrow, but take heart, I've actually overcome the whole world. I want to ask you today, why would we be afraid when Jesus is in the boat? Why would we be afraid when Jesus is actually there on the boat with you? He's not in fear. He's got everything under control. This world has plagued, this word, fear, has plagued the last year and a half. Can you believe it's actually still going on? Everybody's still living in fear. And I want to ask the question, what are you afraid of? The storm? The waves? The waves? Are they big? Is it the wind, the sinking boat? Are we scared to die? Scared you won't make it through the storm? Listen, one day we will all die. There's no way we can get away from this. And check this out. No one here determines when that day is. God does. He says the day that you're born, and he says the day you'll step into eternity. No one dies early. No one dies late. And no one is born early. Nobody is born late. It's on God's timing. Now, I understand the world thinks that we can somehow extend life beyond God's timing, but we as Christians, we know. Naked we came into this world, naked we will go. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's what Jesus is saying to his boys on the boat. He says this, guys, I know this storm's great. I know the waves are big. I know there's wind. I know I see it. I feel it. I'm on the boat as well. And then he says to him, but why are you afraid? What are you afraid of? I want to talk about healthy fear and unhealthy fear. It's important for us to prepare all that we can and do all that we can. I'm sure grab the buckets, get the water out of the boat, grab the oars and try to paddle to shore. But once you've done everything that you could possibly do, you need to give it into the hands of God and not be afraid. An unhealthy fear in which we are crippled or paralyzed. We got so many things on the horizon. We have so many storms headed our way once again. And I want to see the church respond correctly. I want to see them act right. And I want to ask you this question Why are you afraid if Jesus is in the boat? If he's actually there with you on the boat, what storms do we have to be afraid of? Why would we be scared? My favorite verse here in all of this talk, John fourteen twenty seven. peace I leave with you, Jesus says, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. The world doesn't have good peace. Do not let your tr- hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Jesus says it as well. Here in the studio with me today I have Pastor John Randall with me who coined a phrase that I really love this faith over fear and really was hammering it during 2020 and I mean really going after it really laying a foundation for a lot of churches a great example of what we should be doing as a church I felt navigated it so well in the way that he handled his people the Christians the people fighting and arguing it's not easy as a pastor to navigate these waters, but I felt that John did a fantastic job. And that's why I asked him to come in today so that we can talk a bit more about this faith over fear. Pastor John Randall, thanks so much for coming in today. Really appreciate it.
0: Josh, thanks so much for having me. It's a blessing to be here and uh, with the KKL family and, and just be able to talk about some of these things. And uh, I'm so grateful to be here today.
1: So, John, you are, we have a few things in common. Mm-hmm. You surf. True you 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 surf the waves you get after uh, a time of rest in the water you are a church planner
0: right
1: you um you have built a church in uh, by the grace of god in San Juan Capistrano past, uh, pastor of uh, Calvary Chapel, San Juan, Capistrana. How long have you guys been going there?
0: You know, I've been now pastoring there. It's now 14 years. August has been 14 years. Wow.
1: Yeah. Amazing. Mm-hmm. And you grew up in San Clemente or uh, Actually, South I County? I grew up
0: in uh, Costa Mesa growing up down there at, uh, at Calvary Chapel. And I went to church at uh, with Pastor Chuck Smith, who was the pastor there. And then uh, kind of like you at Harvest, but grew up in Costa Mesa and then went on staff there. And, and kind of that's where it all started for me, where I got a taste for ministry. Implanted a church in Florida. Right. Yes. For, a, for a decade, we moved to Florida. Incredible. Yeah, outside of Tampa Bay, moved there in 97, and at that time we had two little boys, and we moved out there and started with nothing, one family in their living room, and the church was born there, and uh, it's still going on to this day, wow. so it's been it's been going for 24 years Wow, in Brandon.
1: Wow. And uh, 14 years in San Clemente, San Juan Capistrano, and um, we've been able to have a lot of fun over the years. Um, The uh, men's conference a few years back was incredible. We got to do a D.C. trip together uh, to the Franklin Graham uh, Prayer Crusade in D.C. Um, And uh, really, John, and you you, in my eyes, you've been leading the charge, uh, I feel like, at a really high level. It's incredible to see all that has happened at the outlets. Would you tell us a little more about all of that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and first of all, I just want to say that I'm I'm one among many, I think, who are out there who are wanting to – just honor the Lord with our decisions. And like you said, Josh, it's been difficult as a pastor to know what is the right thing to do? What is the what is the proper response? Do I react? Do I respond? What's the best thing to do? And then you have a, a group of people in your congregation that are looking to you mm. and asking so many questions and pastors are being asked questions that we never, you know, this isn't a biblical question. This might be a medical question or this question. And so it's been so radical to try to navigate through it. So like so many people, we started to pray, God, what do you want us to do? And so the Lord opened up a door there at the outlets in San Clemente right off the 5 freeway and at when we started out you know people were in their cars and mm. no one would they can I pray for you we want to roll down the window so mm. I can no don't you know and everybody was afraid How, and what, then,
1: what time was this was this like may this this is it april this was may or?
0: we started in may we had wow. the first one was May 3rd was our first time and Josh we had been there uh, even to the present time, over a year, I was in the pulpit and I have been I only missed one Sunday in a year and change. I just could, because wow. it's too exciting. And what started out as something small and, and, but it was, it was already a good size, but there was cars everywhere. And then before, you know, people started getting out of their cars and then people started bringing their own beach chairs and they started bringing their friends that aren't saved. And suddenly Josh, I mean, by the grace of God, revival has broken out mm. in South Orange County mm. and we are seeing it. Um, and I'm just in awe of it. I am I'm amazed at what God is doing. And I would say to our listeners today, Josh, here at listening that, you know, the Bible does say, I think it's over 365 times. Do not be afraid. That's one for every day. So it just, it just goes to show you we, we we have the tendency to be fearful, but God doesn't want us to be fearful. Mm. And if we're going to lead, that's how we have to lead. We have to lead by faith and we walk by faith. Mm.
1: So you got so it was a drive in movie kind of set up. People are in their cars, listen to the radio, listen to you preach, and then all of a sudden it turned into revival. The step of faith, what was fearful and what was scary actually turned into something great. Yeah. It's amazing to see what the Lord has done. If you haven't seen that, I think you just posted a video on your Instagram just a couple of days ago and it's like this cool drone shot, like yeah. going over uh, the outlets and you just see all these cars out there and then there's just a big congregation of people at the stage worshiping and yeah. Receiving the word—it's um, such a cool movement because it's 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 raw, it's real. People. Um, it's, it's unorthodox in that we're not in a, in a church pew We're we're on this parking structure and it's, it's beautiful. I mean, it's amazing. Well, what's been
0: amazing for us, Josh, you know, at our, at our building in San Juan, one of the things that we have a constant challenge with is parking Mm. because, you know, pre COVID we were, you know, doing multiple services on the weekend and, and navigating through parking in the city, on the street, everywhere. And we God, if you would just give us a parking lot. And he did. He answered. It's a massive parking lot where we meet every week, and it's become this outreach. And we still do all of our services inside as well. But this is a unique outreach that we just feel God is continuing to use. And and so many churches in our area were shut down and would not open. Some mm. churches had gone on record as saying we're not opening until Disneyland opens. Mm. So imagine that for over a year, you can't fellowship. Mm. You can't be with God's people. And so we see, we saw just this flood of sheep just wandering and scattered mm. coming in, and we were able to give them the word of God.
1: Mm. Was there anything in particular, that happened when you were um, really trying to navigate this with your people. Obviously, there must have been people arguing and upset, and what are you doing, and these kind of things. What what caused you just to keep pushing forward?
0: Yeah, I think you know
1: that's the beauty of it. I think when, when leaders lead faithfully, your people respond.
0: I, I have a saying that courage is contagious, mm. and so is fear, mm-hmm. but courage is contagious. And when you lead as as a courageous leader, as a pastor, your people are going to respond. Mm. They're looking for leadership. Mm-hmm. They're, they're looking for people to to charge forward. Mm-hmm. And again, myself and so many others are doing just that. And, um, I just feel honored to be a part of it, but it's amazing to me to see our people respond and, and they are now walking by faith and they're inspiring mm-hmm. others and they're grateful that they have a place to call home and be able to, um, to overcome fear with faith.
1: Yeah. I remember this happening at legacy, you know, it was like, I, I was nervous about it when the no mass mandate kind of came here in LA and it was like, okay, to take off masks indoors, when all of that happened, I was like looking at the crowd and wondering how they would react and what they would do. And no joke, I I had just said, "Hey, everyone, govern yourself. Uh, figure out how to govern yourself. If you need to wear a mask, do it. If you need to do a vaccine, do it. If you don't, don't do it. If you don't need to wear a mask, don't do it. Do whatever you want. You govern yourself. Let's stop governing one another. No joke, John. The next day we show up, the whole church. I mean, literally like." Less than five people like have masks on. I was shocked because right. surely in L.A. I thought a lot more people would be in fear, but they were just waiting for someone to tell them, it's okay, you can take a step yeah. of faith. And you did that in San Clemente. You took the step of faith, and boom, all of a sudden everybody starts showing up, inviting their friends. They were kind of waiting for a pastor to step up to the plate and just say, hey, we're going to believe God, we're going to trust God in this. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be unwise. Right. We're, we're going to be wise. We're going to try to protect people, but we're going to make the right decision. There has been a huge thing that's been going on with unhealthy fear and fear, and we are going to discuss this a lot more um, right when we come back here. We're going to be taking a break here in just a second, but I want you to meditate on this verse during the commercial, 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit Amen. of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Amen. Are we to be in fear? Are we to be walking with the Lord, trusting him, doing everything that we can, but then walking with him? This is Pastor Josh Thompson from Legacy City Church. Thank you for listening today. We will be right back. Welcome to the show. This is Josh Thompson, pastor at Legacy City Church. I'm here with Pastor John Randall, and we're talking about faith over fear today. Healthy and unhealthy fear with all that's going on in really our cities, our state, our churches, our nation, our world. When I say healthy fear versus unhealthy fear... Um, I love this picture because really, what is healthy fear? Healthy fear is being scared of a bear. You should be scared of a bear. If a bear shows up, uh, it's good for you to be fearful because this thing will maul you. I mean, it will absolutely crush you. Unhealthy fear is when we understand and we have information about something And we know the truth about it, yet we are still being crippled by it. And the sad thing that I saw happen over this last year, I literally saw people not leave their house for like an entire year. They would not leave the house. And they were crippled by their fear. And they were overtaken by it. They were paralyzed by it. And this is where things get dangerous. This is where people get into depression, uh, mental illness, um, really lacking community and fellowship. In the church in our city and we have to combat this we have to fight this because uh this is real and it's on the horizon once again and we have to be able to navigate it Uh, pastor john randall with us here in the studio and john you were talking kind of about the steps that you guys were taking as to why you would um logically and in wisdom make decisions to start reopening the church and to bring everybody gather everybody together we'd love to hear a little more about that
0: well you know josh i know for us when all of this began the first thing that we did is we began to pray in fact we sent out to all of our people in our congregation 30 days of prayer and seeking the Mm. lord for the nation Mm. we began to cry out to god and in that process we prayed for revival we prayed that god would awaken us and we just went through a series of of different topics praying with with scripture attached to it and really as a church coming together and crying out to god like the bible encourages us to do after those 30 days we went into another 15 days of prayer we extended it and we were praying specifically to this is interesting to overcome anxiety fear and depression specifically took passages of scripture prayed those in for the next 15 days and Josh when we came out of those 45 days I felt like there was an army ready to fight Mm. in the spiritual sense that our people were now had been saturated in the word in addition to that during those 45 days three days a week when we were kind of all locked down in the initial stage three days a week on Instagram I did devotions three Mm. days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And for so many people, it was a lifeline. And I would, I would sit there and we would pray and I would read through the word and I would teach them and I would instruct them through the word of God. And we had, you know, sometimes over a thousand people just tuning in to those devotions just to listen. And then after that, we started having drive-through prayer. We said, listen, you come, you pull up to the church and we will be here and we will pray with you. And we had, it was like a drive-through. And, and people would come and we would be out there and we would be praying for people. And Josh, the amazing thing was in the very initial stages, when we would come up to a car, we would walk up to a car and I would see people who had been a part of our congregation and they would just break, mm. bro. They would start weeping mm. and, and you could see them and to have a human touch, mm. have their pastors reach mm. out and actually touch them and pray over them and ask God to bless them. It was unbelievable. And we kept that going and mm. we were strengthening. And then it came to the point where enough is enough. We, we need to step forward. We need to step up. And so we emerged from those those 45 days of prayer, and we just said, we're, we're not looking back. We're mm-hmm. going to be outside, but we're also going to go inside. Mm. And so all these children were now having to be masked, and they couldn't be at school. So we said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to have vacation Bible school, not online. We're going to do it in person. Awesome. People thought we were nuts. I mean, I don't know of any other church in our area that had VBS during COVID. Wow. And I'm not trying to be boastful. Sure. I'm just saying, it, and we had parent after parent come in and say, thank you. Wow. Thank you for being open. Moms weeping, kids rejoicing, and we we haven't looked back since. Josh,
1: praise God. You know, praise God for you, John. I mean, in the church and what you guys were able to do and accomplish, the breath of fresh air for these young these kids. You know, I watched Eden. You know, we go to the playground and we'd be running around. There'd just be you know parents trying to keep their kids away from it. It's just like, guys, what are we doing? Right. And really, the 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 un the illogical and unwise plays of territory that I saw people getting into is really when we saw this st- statistics start to come out. I really saw it for myself. I was thinking, what what demographic am I in and what percentage am, am I in and dying? And I really could see that at my age, um my health, um no underlying conditions, um I think I got covid maybe once or twice, no joke, and I literally beat it off in a couple days and then just kept on going. And I was shocked because I was so nervous about getting sick, just like everybody else. Then I realized I got a better chance dying on the 405 freeway than probably dying of COVID. What's going on here? Something doesn't make sense. Now, those over 50, obviously, it's a lot different. And so we were trying to accommodate and trying to help. But I realized like, hey, uh, there's something not right here. When 99% of people are recovering who get sick, this is another thing that bothers me in the news right now we see they will not report deaths. They're not reporting how many people are dying. They're reporting cases. You see this many cases happen, this many cases happen, this many cases. How many, what percentage of those cases recover? 99%? Oh, wow. So everybody's getting sick and everybody's recovering. Not everybody, but 99% are. This is a huge number. We now know on record that 6,000 people have died from the vaccine. This is on record. We see it. We know this is happening. You know how many it takes to shut down a vaccine? I was found out the other day. A doctor was speaking about it. Only 25 deaths will shut down the vaccine, and here we are continuing to push this narrative. Another thing I found out was really interesting about the vaccine was that you are not allowed to promote or do commercials for any type of medication prior to its release. You're not allowed to do it. They were pumping that thing long before. I don't know exactly what's going on. I can't pinpoint exactly what's going on, but something isn't right. And I could feel it in the church. Uh, I could feel it in people. I think they were waiting for somebody just to stand up and say, are you good with it? I'm good with it. I feel the same thing in the gym. I see people looking at me like, are you good with me talking to you? I'm like, I'm good. Everything's great. There's no problem here. Right. We are heading into a very interesting territory now. The latest in L.A., mandatory mask indoors. Um, I don't know if you know this. We only had masks off, no mask, for one month. It was barely 30 days. And now we are back to masking again. Is anybody see this? It's crazy. Anybody see this is wild. This is something is not looking right. And then on the horizon, we see potential vaccine passport to enter public places like gyms, restaurants, and stores you know what they don't mention in there? Places of worship, churches. And it's because of a court case that was won here in California um, by Pasadena's Harvest Church. They won a lawsuit against Gavin Newsom, our governor, and he actually had to pay uh, the the Liberty Council who fought for them $1.3 million, and they are no longer allowed to tell churches what to do. So John, What are we to tell pastors? What are we to encourage pastors? What are we to encourage congregants to do during this season? We're about to head into another something.
0: Yeah. You know, I would say to pastors, first and foremost, you need to lead from the front. You know, you need to be men of God. You need to be men of faith. And you can't preach on courage if you're not courageous. Mm. And you can't tell your people not to be afraid if you're fearful. And so this is a chance for us to step up. And Josh, I think there's a real winnowing going on. That is between the wheat and the chaff, those that are going to lead and those that aren't going to lead. And I want to say that, again, during the, the intense season, you know, he, here we watched as, as multitudes of people, thousands of people rioting in the streets while the church cowers in their houses. Mm. It's just not right. right. The people, if anybody should be out and worshiping and being bold and vocal it should be the church of jesus christ and so i will say that god has been using what the enemy has intended for evil josh for good again during the season we decided we're going to baptize you know we had more m- m- i saw did you see some of those memes with like people baptizing with squirt guns in certain mm-hmm. churches no no because they didn't want to they just had to <laughs> did you see that no. it was crazy no i'll send it to oh, you Oh uh, Lord! and it, it was unbelievable you know hose them down as they go by like so we we're like no fire we, hose. yeah fire hose <laughs> baptism i mean it was it was yeah so anyways we said we're we're, we're going to do baptism. We had the largest baptism we ever had. Wow. And it was interesting. We all gathered and we didn't ask permission. We just went down there in Dana point to where they, to the Harbor there. And we were gathered there. And the interesting thing, our baptism shirts were all black shirts. Mm. So people might've thought this was like a BLM rally. Mm. We just all gathered up there. Mm. There was thousands of people and we, and people are like stay, staying away from us. Cause they thought it was like a protest, but actually people were getting saved and baptized. And, and it, we just flooded the waters. Wow. And we saw these people just getting uh, just, you know, coming out of the water breaking. Brand new. And so God has been using what the enemy intended for evil, uh, and, and he's using it for good. And then you moved into the Christmas season. Mm. You know, they canceled Easter last year. Right. That was the most awkward Easter we ever right. had, wasn't it? Right. Like behind a screen, hey, everybody, uh, welcome to Easter. That was, oh, bro, I, I couldn't handle it. Then, so we said, you are not going to cancel Christmas. So we said, Christmas, we're, we're going Christmas, four, ser- five services of Christmas. I mean, it was just, we're not stopping. So I would say, sorry, that's a long answer. Mm-hmm. We need to step forward. We need to push ahead. Mm-hmm. And, and the world can go out and do everything that it wants to do. Our own former president has some kind of a, you know, a birthday bash, but your kid, you know, with, with nobody masked and not necessarily vaccinated, but your kid has to wear a mask in a classroom or stay at home and be isolated, I'm sorry, we, we need to push back.
1: Right, yeah. We need to move forward where it's logical, where it makes sense. We're not being unwise. We're being rational and reasonable. And uh, we we were online for eight months, John. We the, the school closed down that we meet in and we didn't have any place to meet. We're literally out on the street. And so we had to set up the camera and get after it for eight months. Our congregation attendance dropped by like 70%. We came back together at American Jewish University. They were kind enough in Bel Air to let us meet on the grass, and we met there for three or four months, then finally back in the school. But I felt that over and over that the church was just waiting for somebody to step up and move because they want to be together. A lot of them want to be together. I'm reminded of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Mm-hmm. Let us not neglect meeting together. Hello. Right. Let us not neglect meeting together as some people do. Right. But encourage one another, especially now the day of his return is drawing near. Hello
0: yeah, and you know what's amazing about that Josh is that you know during that time when when we were um, you know on lockdown and then our governor, you know you just kind of looking back, you can't sing. Our people never sang louder. You can't meet. Our people, they, they came in droves. And hmm. what has been so amazing is just seeing the response to that, that every time something was said, we reacted and in, in the positive way and pushed forward in faith.
1: This is Pastor Josh Thompson from Legacy City Church. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be right back. Welcome to the show. This is Josh Thompson, pastor at Legacy City Church. I'm here with Pastor John Randall. We're talking about faith over fear today, and we left at the break talking about this scripture, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. We Must not neglect meeting together. There is something important about doing this, and many of you listening, you know what I'm talking about. When you were at home for so long as I was trying to navigate all that was going on, not fully understanding the facts or seeing what's going on, wasn't able to do all the research because it wasn't out yet, and here we are sitting at home and not being able to see people. And it's like the first time you see people from church uh, that you hadn't seen in a long time, I mean, it Was beautiful. It was wonderful. It's like, oh my gosh, there you are. I missed you. We needed to be together. And there are still, John, some in the church that have not made it back to church. I am shocked to see, even legacy, so many that are still not making it back to church. It's already been a year and people still aren't returning. And I want to exhort those listening and ask you this question Why aren't you going to church? Why are you afraid? There's outside seating. There's places that you can go. You can sit indoor or outdoor. There's social distancing. There's all kinds of things you can work through. Why aren't we meeting together? It is detrimental to our spiritual health, our emotional health, our mental health when we are not in community with other believers. Did you see a lot of this happen at your church, John.
0: Yeah, we did. You know, and I think one of the things, Josh, just to answer that question, if I may, I think um, in some cases it's because it's not a priority. Mm. It's not a priority. You know, when fellowship was removed, suddenly people began to realize there's certain things I can't live without. For me, fellowship was one of them. I, I was desperate to be in the house of the Lord with God's people in fellowship, but for other people, it's not a priority. But Oh, man. Disneyland opened. Wow. I'm so excited. I get to go back to Disneyland. This is so great. The happiest place on earth. Or, oh, my gym is opened up again. Suddenly, as things started to, you know, you, you start to make your priority. Oh, theaters are open. And Josh, what it reveals is that I think in a lot of times, and, and we're all guilty of this, the carnal nature mm of us that we just want to be entertained. We just Mm. want our, we want our comfort. We want this and that, but, but we don't realize the the importance of fellowship in the scripture that you read, especially when it says, when you see the day approaching Mm. guys, listen, the day is approaching. Mm -hmm. Jesus is coming. If you don't see the signs of the times, your eyes are closed. I mean, he is coming. How much more important is it for us to be together as believers in fellowship? Josh, there's no excuse for it.
1: It was really sad to see that in the church. It was like 2018, 2019, churches are firing, everything's going great, great things are going on, and uh, we have a lot of Christians uh, in the pews. But then when all of this hits, it almost cleaned out the churches. It really kind of exposed the heart of people very quickly to see where they're at, and once again, the, the question is, why are we still living in fear when we have options? If you're going to Home Depot, if you're going to the grocery store, if you're going to the bank, if you're walking around and going places in society, but then you will not go to church on Sunday,
0: what's going on here? Right. You know, Josh, one thing that amazed me, I think, in observation and with certain, I mean, again, our church responded, and I'm so grateful they they rallied. But I will say this, I was surprised by some of the people who were there that I didn't expect to be there. And I was shocked by the people I expected to be there Mm. who were not there. Mm. And you just saw this, this division. And of course the devil was wanting to use it and to divide the church. And, and then there were those Joshua made it even more difficult Is you had those who were pastors per se, or spiritual leaders who were kind of fueling that fear Mm. and telling people like, listen, you, if you really love your neighbor, you're not going to go to church. Right. If you really love your neighbor, you're going to do this and you're going to comply with that. And if you're not doing that, then you're not loving, you know, taking that scripture, taking Romans 13 and applying it as if we, we weren't supposed to meet. And Josh, you know, it came to a point where I, I'm on the opposite side of that. I disagree with that. And, and I've seen the fruit of being obedient to God's word and people being in fellowship.
1: Praise God. I'll, I'll take it even one step further. We have people in our church who have situations where they have underlining conditions right. Or their family has underlying conditions they're still coming to church and making it work for them they are navigating it and figuring it out sometimes they wear masks. sometimes they social distance sometimes they they set parameters and barriers for themselves but they're still in fellowship at church we're able to talk and hang out and laugh Mm -hmm. and worship together and study the word of god they found a way to do it and i people always want me to get into the conversation and break it down and talk about it i said listen Govern thyself, commandment number 11. Govern thyself. What I mean by that is you know your situation better than anybody else on the planet. You know what's going on with your family, with your parents, who you're talking to, who you're meeting with, and so you need to figure out what works best for you. I will figure out what works best for me. And then we will each govern ourselves, and we will find ourselves, I hope, still arriving at church together this People have different circumstances, different situations, and they're setting parameters at different levels. This is called a a reasonable fear. We may be nervous or scared about this, but it's not overwhelming. There is a bear coming. We need to be in fear, but we're not to be paralyzed by our fear. I'm not going to church. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to stay home. I'm not going. I said, man, I'm going to the beach. I'm going to keep going surfing. I'm going to keep having... Playground days with my babe, my little girl, Eden. We are going to have a blast. She's not even going to know the pandemic existed. 2020 doesn't exist in her mind. She was just having a great time because I didn't want her to look into the eyes of her parents and see fear. I wanted to see hope, I wanted to see Christ.
0: Yeah. I want to give you uh, d- uh, just kind of a picture, Josh, of something that just jumped out to me as you were saying that, you know, during the pandemic and when it was really intense and people were, people did get sick in our church. I will say that people get sick. I mean, it went through like a wave Totally. and, um, and there was two older gentlemen in our church who love Jesus and are on fire for the Lord. And both of them were hospitalized mm. and they're good friends of mine. And one of which is an elder in the church. And I called him, I texted him actually. And I said, I was told him I'm praying for him. I said, What do you want me to do? And I said, How can I help you? He said, Here's what I want you to do. I want you to keep preaching the word and don't stop. Another guy ended wow. up being in ICU. And while he was in ICU and and you know, wasn't sure how he was gonna do, how he was gonna recover, he was listening to our service live in in his ICU unit and his daughter was not saved and he said to his wife listen if i don't make it out of here make sure that you send this message this this service to our daughter that she might get saved and i'll know that i completed my job that mm. i did i fulfilled my mission because our daughter comes to Christ that's the kind of faith we're talking about Amen. this is the kind of faith of the book of acts Th- these are the kind of people that need to rise up be men of faith women of faith trusting god we should be showing this world that there is a real god josh we, we we shouldn't be in fear cowering.
1: This brings up that question, are we to be scared of death as Christians? Hello? The apostle Paul says to live is Christ and to die is gain. Right. We have been promised. The greatest promise given to us as Christians is the resurrection. I'm not saying go jump off a cliff and be irrational and unreasonable and, and kill yourself. Please don't do that. Do not fall into those things. But we are not to live in such fear that we are scared of death. Why? Because we're Christians. That's what sets us apart from the entire world. We are promised the resurrection of Christ, and we will be with him in eternity. And this is what the apostles did. This is what the New Testament church did. They were walking in in concern of, of death all the time, but it did not cripple them. They continued to preach the gospel. They continued to gather. They continued to worship. They continued to break bread together and continued on in the midst of the Romans. Right. They they were being pursued, they were being cut down, and they said, No, we're going to continue to move forward. We as we as Christians, above all people on the planet, should be the ones leading the charge of hope and of faith and of the promised resurrection. A non-believer should be able to look into our eyes and say, You're not scared of death, are you? No. Because I have Christ. Right. I'm not running into death. I'm not hoping for death, but I am prepared to die. I know where I'll be. I know. I am in God's hands ultimately. Mm-hmm. And and this is what I believe to be a rational, healthy place to be. We really have to minister the church and get them there in this place. Are we to be nervous to die? Jesus said this in John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Again, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Thank you, Pastor John. It's always a blessing. You got it, bro. Thanks so much for listening to the show today. I'd like to encourage all of you parents out there who have kids, uh, young or old, to share this show with them today. And there's two ways that you can listen right now. Number one, you can go to YouTube, and you can search Legacy City Church, and uh, it will be the first video that you see right there on our page. Second, you can go to kkla.com, click on the program guide, then click podcast. Uh, You're going to scroll down to the live show, KKLA, and you'll see my name, Josh Thompson there, and John Randall, and uh, you'll get to listen to the show audio if you would like. If you are in the L.A. area and you want to visit me on Sunday, and come say hi or encourage someone you know to come to our church. We meet Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. in Studio City off Laurel Canyon and Ventura Boulevard. Go to LegacyCityChurch.com for more information. That's LegacyCityChurch.com. And of course, you can find us on all social media platforms, including Instagram and Facebook, Google, YouTube, Yelp. It's all there. Um, You don't want to miss the show tomorrow. We will be talking about the importance of unity in the kingdom of Christ when the world is trying to divide us. I'll have a special guest you won't want to miss. He's a pastor, church planner, and L.A. native. Uh, He's been in the trenches with me in L.A. for the past seven years and is a full Jesus guy. Uh, We'll be having a real conversation and taking phone calls again tomorrow. Let your friends and kids know. Uh, We'll see you then. May the Lord bless you and keep you in Jesus' name. Amen.